Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome to another episode of Great Points. Uh, today, I've uh, got a distinguished guest with me today is uh, Adea Souza from Pillar to Post. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, the, your home as a, an asset, and I thought it'd be great to have Adeus on to talk a little about, um, you know, protecting the value of your home during the home buying process and kind of what he does to help homeowners. So um, Pillar to Post is a, a home inspection company, and I'm going to turn it over to Adeus to introduce himself. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, yeah, my name is Adeus Souza. I'm with Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. Uh, we're North America's largest home inspection company, uh, rated number one. I am uh, I own the local branch here in Beverly. Excellent, welcome. I'm glad you could uh, join us. I know we uh, we chat a lot about this topic and thought it'd be good for you know people tuning in that might uh, be able to to get some value out of it. So, uh, in the last couple episodes, I've kind of put I've been on the hot seat to start, but we're going to switch things around, and I've got a couple questions that I'd like to ask you that. Kind of align with uh, you know the the home as an investment as well as a place to live, um, and then I'll I'll go back on the hot seat at the end of the at the end of the session. So, um, okay, you know, days I know uh, when it comes to buying a home, you know, people talk about inspections. I know it's not something you have to do, but you know when when you're talking to people about you know the 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 cost of a home inspection versus the value, um, how do you you know how do you kind of put it in perspective for people that are maybe trying to decide, do I need it? Should I get it? What's the, what, what, what's it for? Sure. Uh, when folks are sort of have picked the home that they'd like and before they go in and buy it, uh, when they bring this in, what they really want to do is they really are trying to understand the house they're buying. They want to make sure all the systems are in good shape. They want to make sure everything is functioning properly. They want to make sure that the house is safe to live. And they want to make sure there's anything that needs to be addressed immediately and the immediate will either be for structural reasons safety reasons and things like that now uh the cost of it's now i can't say everything but just about everything that falls into those categories are multiple times greater than the home inspection uh one thing that we do and really focus on is help folks uh understand uh the issues that are going on with the home in ways to address it uh, systematically or in the planned way, that way they aren't feeling it all at once. Uh, so just understanding the house and having a strategy to deal with the issues or planning to prevent issues in the future, that alone uh, is worth much more than the cost of an inspection. Yeah, I, I understand the peace of mind. So when we bought our first home, um, we had no idea what radon was. But when we had it inspected, uh, one of the things they did was a radon inspection. Um, and they they let us know that, yes, you know, there it is here. So, um, you know, if you're going to have kids in the basement, you might want to get that fixed. Um, so now as we bought our second home, we, you know, just knowing it gives us a tremendous amount of peace of mind, being able to know that uh, it's safe, even though it's something we can't see, it was definitely something we wanted to address. Um, so. Yeah, hundred percent. Radon is a perfect example. It's something that's there. Um, oftentimes it's there. You can't see, uh, but you know, God forbid they do feel the consequences of the radon in your lungs. 
then the cost of that, you know, uh, is you, you can even calculate, you know, what the, the damage to your lung can do. So it's a little cost, but the peace of mind and even the prevention is very valuable. Yeah, I know. Imagine if you uncover a few things uh, in the inspection. For some people, you know, it, it's their dream house. They're buying it no matter what you say. For others, uh, it could be a negotiating tactic or maybe a decision tool. Um, you know, can you talk a little about you know if if things do need to be fixed, you know how how people go about kind of thinking about um, you know those repairs or you know the costs of them, whether it be you know before they buy the house or after they buy the house. Yeah, so we never go into an inspection uh, trying to blow up a deal or trying to make the house seem scary or anything like this. We're always trying to look at the house objectively and educate folks as to the condition of the house. Um, so when we identify something that needs to be addressed, uh, some things are regular maintenance items, you know, and then the conversation goes towards, you know, ideas on how to maintain, especially if folks aren't used to owning homes or even to that specific issue, we sort of walk them through how to maintain it. And that's, that's just about every house. Sometimes we run into issues that are a little bit bigger, uh, failing heating systems, structural issues, roofing issues. Uh, and at that point, we explain what's going on and we kind of walk through a couple ways to remediate it. Uh, and depending on how they want to deal with it, there's a couple ways, you know, it's either a long-term thing that you're gonna to have to plan for, or if it's something that has to be dealt right away, at least they have that information and they can make a better decision instead of being caught off guard and, you know, and it usually creates financial problems for folks. Yeah, because I know it can be stressful, especially if you're the type of person who's, you know, kind of scraping pennies together and borrowing from family to get the down payment and then to get in the house and then all of a sudden have a $10,000 repair and, you know, how's that going to get paid for? So it seems like at least knowing ahead of time, if there's things that, you know, you know, okay, we know this roof might need to be fixed. We don't have to do it immediately, but we can start planning or budgeting for it. Or if it's going to be something that's too big of an expense that you have to have done before you buy the house, it may, you may decide you, you shouldn't buy that house. So I guess it's, it seems like it's much better to know ahead of time than to be caught mm. on guard. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I love, one of my favorite parts about the job is working with um, young families and first time home buyers where they're, they're a little nervous. Sometimes they feel a bit overwhelmed about the idea of owning a house and maintaining it. And then we go through the whole inspection. At the end, we always have a conversation. And one of the things that we have, uh, one of the tools that I always leave them with is a cost guide, which lists uh, the life expectancy of everything in the house and also the average costs to repair or replace everything. So we can go through sort of ideas on how they can budget a little bit every month when they, that roof comes up or that HVAC system comes up, they already sort of have it put aside and they don't have to you know, start to scramble or get overwhelmed by that idea. Yeah, that'd be a great tool because we just had to replace our uh, hot water heater um, and it was, uh, in talking to the, the, the plumber, he said they normally have a seven year life expectancy and we were on year 15. So I guess we, we won on the, the time frame of how long <laughs> we paid for it, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a surprising, not a surprising bill, but it was not a cheap item. So, uh, it's definitely something, you know, it's good to know. And kind of, if you knew, Hey, if we needed to be doing year eight, maybe we can stretch it to year 12, but at least we're ready in case it breaks in year 10. 
Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. So, you know, you drive around and you see houses and obviously the, you know, New England, you have some houses that were built in the 1700s that you have to imagine there's going to be something wrong with them, but you also see a lot of new construction. Um, and I, you know, in talking with clients, their initial reaction is, well, it's new construction. It's going to be perfect. Why would I need an inspection? But um, I know that's not always the case. So if you were advising someone who was maybe buying new construction or a, you know, a house that maybe was you know, only a couple of years old, what's your advice for people in, the, in those buckets when it comes to inspecting the house or what you do? Sure, sure. Uh, so before I uh, became an inspector, I, I kind of went along with that thought of mine. I just bought it, did not do anything wrong with it. Until uh, I did my first inspection in a brand new house. The house was just being finished. And there was quite a bit with the house that needed to be adjusted by the, the contractor. Uh, one thing about the house is that you have a bunch of contractors coming in. Sometimes communication isn't quite there. So things aren't working or functioning as they should be. And because no one has lived there, there's no way of knowing that until you go through the thing check all the systems, check the house, test everything to make sure everything is functioning as it should. It's very common for us to go to a brand new construction and find a series of things that need to be adjusted. Now, the good thing about doing it in the new construction is that usually you can turn around to the builder and they're already there and they're more than happy to adjust those things because they're also worried about their reputation. They don't want to give your house uh, with these problems. So it, it happens. It happens all the time. Very rarely do we go into a brand new construction home and it's in perfect condition. There's always a few things uh, that need to be adjusted or repaired or, or replaced. Uh, but it, it always feels like it's a win-win for everybody because the, the builder is delivering something they're really proud of and they're not going to worry about. And the buyer also knows that everything that they would have had to dealt with later, they're dealing with now before they take ownership. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that not having lived in it is important because, you know, the, the house we bought 12 or 13 years ago was new construction. And um, one of the things they found is there was a bunch of outlets that were all on the same. So almost like too many outlets were going to the same thing. Um, and, you know, the inspector kind of explained it to us like, well, unless you're plugging in four blenders at a time, you probably won't be an issue, but you just need to know that these four plugs are all in the same circuit. So don't, you know, it was just good, you know, because no one had lived there, no one knew that they would have, they were tripping the circuit over and over again. Um, but uh, so little things like that, that I know that wasn't the intent of the electrician, but uh, things kind of got done. So, and, and some things it's just um, that we make on those, on that circuit. So, yeah. Yeah. And one time we were doing a new construction, they had built this, it was a gorgeous fireplace. It was like a work of art. But I don't know who, which contractor was on it, but they, there was debris inside of it. So the family was planning on moving in. It was right in the fall. They wanted to move in and start burning fires in it, but it was restricted. So uh, it was just, I don't know how stuff got in there, but we were able to see and make sure you know, the contract, the builders went back out, cleared it up. So, you know, little things like that, that can become big issues, but that are very easy to solve before they take ownership. Those are huge, huge pluses. That's great. And then the, the other, um, you know, when you, when you're in a home, obviously you might be in that home for 20, 30 years, you try to keep your you know, things up to date, but um, you know, do you have clients, I've talked to clients that are maybe either thinking about selling or trying to figure out, you know, what the house may look like in 10 or 15 years about maybe doing an inspection 
while they actually own the home, even though they're not planning to sell it or not looking to move. But do you have clients that are kind of using the inspection process as maybe a way to figure out what they're what they need to do to the house or what their future looks like in the house? Sure. We do quite a few inspections for folks who are getting ready to sell their home. And we call it a pre-listing inspection. And uh, what they're trying to do really is they want to tackle anything that's going to come up before they put on the market so they can get the most value for their home. So they want to understand exactly how all the major systems are doing. And they also want to correct the little things. So if an inspector comes out uh, during the sales process, you know, nothing's going to be negotiated and haggled. And when that goes on the market, uh, we have part of our report is designed with language so that it says, listen, a professional inspector came in. These were the things that needed to be addressed. And this is how they were addressed. So now the house is in great condition. So realtors actually use that as a tool on their listing oftentimes. Uh, we also work with folks who aren't necessarily uh, preparing to sell the house, but our folks want to make sure they're never going to be caught off guard by uh, you know things that go wrong with the home. So they want us to go in, do an inspection. So again, if they know that there's something in the plumbing system, something in the roofing, something you know in the HVAC system, uh, the electrical system that needs to be addressed in the near future, they can start budgeting for it then. Uh, so the house is always in great shape. And never so I didn't have to catch back up when things go wrong. Interesting. And then I guess my final question, I know there's only, it can only be one a day, but um, when it comes to the home inspectors in the industry, uh, you know, are they all kind of equal, meaning everyone has the same certifications or is there, uh, is there anything to be aware of or things to look for when you're trying to, you know, pick a home inspector or find a company to work with? Sure. Yeah. In Massachusetts, uh, we have to be licensed. So it's very important that, you know, they're at the very least licensed. Um, but after that, you want to just make sure that the reputation that the company has, you want to make sure it's someone that's uh, been around for a while and someone that's still going to be around for a long time, uh, you know, after you have the inspection done. Um, for example, our company, we're the largest in North America. And we offer a lot of uh, bonus. We have what's called enhanced uh, packages. It's called, it's referred to the ultimate home inspection. Uh, we not only give you a report, but there's also a virtual tour with the inspection. Uh, there are tools for you to manage the house, tools for you to prepare the house if you want to refinance or sell in the future. Uh, and you want to make sure you work with somebody that's going to be around because God forbid, there's a problem with the inspection. Sometimes the inspector uh, can be responsible. Uh, so you want to make sure that somebody has the insurance and everything like that. So it's, it's taken care of in case there is a problem. We carry a million dollars of liability, which protects us, protects our clients, protects the realtors involved. Um, so it's, it, it's very important to deal with someone that gives you not only the peace of mind of understanding the house, but also knowing that it's a nice, solid business. And I think that's probably true for most businesses you deal with. Yeah, that's great. No, I appreciate all the, the insight. And it's, you know, it's, people's views on money are funny. If you say, well, I need you to uh, spend, you know, $500 on this service, you know, they start thinking about, oh, that's 500. I don't know. That's, that seems like a lot of money, but on a $500,000 home, that's one tenth of 1% of the value of the house. Mm-hmm. And you know, they'll, they'll, they have no problem paying an extra 10,000 for the house or whatever. Um, because that's ah, just, yeah, it's just a small number against, you know, the, the whole thing. So 
just funny how people compare what is a small number in the grand scheme of their whole financial world, but a big number compared to the, you know, what it costs them to go out to dinner last night. So um, <laughs> hopefully if you're listening and you're trying to contemplate, do I need it? Do I not try to think about it against the, the big number of the house versus, you know, what you're, what you, where you're hoping to go out to dinner this weekend. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So I guess to, to turn the switch, I guess we'll call it more the warm seat than the hot seat since we're, uh, you know, nothing's too intimidating, but um, are there any questions that you have when, as it relates to finances that um, you want to ask me? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, myself and a lot of uh, my colleagues, we are either single owner operators of our businesses or we have employees. And one of the topics that come up often is how, what's the best way for a single owner operator to prepare for retirement? And if you have employees, what's the best way for us to prepare and to also help our employees prepare? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good one. And, you know, the, when it comes to retirement, obviously, you know, we've, I've recorded some episodes on your retirement planning and what is it going to take? Um, you know, the, usually you want to start with the end in mind to figure out, well, how much am I really trying to save? So as a, as a sole proprietor, um, you have a lot of tools that you could use, um, if you have some schedule C income or you have an LLC, um, but if you're only trying to save $3,000 a year, then you don't really need a lot of fancy tools. You can just open up an IRA or, you know, put it, put it aside somewhere else. So, but for some, uh, people that are running their own business and they, they're, they're showing a lot of taxable income and they're trying to figure out how can I put as much money away for retirement to lower my tax burden, you know, then you might be looking at, um, you know, some things like your SEP IRAs or a solo 401k, where you can start to put away, you know, 20, 25% of the, the net proceeds of the business, or, you know, even more if you're, uh, you know, able to make employee contributions. So um, as a sole proprietor, usually it's just what's the, What's the best tool for me? Um, with the caveat of saying, when anytime you're owning a business, the hardest thing for most business owners to do is to pay themselves first. So if there's an extra dollar, a lot of times it ends up getting reinvested in the business, reinvested in marketing campaigns, reinvested in you know uh, materials, trucks, whatever it is, and uh, they oftentimes forget to take some money for themselves. So if you're that type of business owner where you're just constantly reinvesting and trying to grow and grow and grow make sure you carve off 5%, 10% and put it in your retirement account or knock your mortgage down or something that's going to be there for, you know, when the, when you want to do want to exit the business. Um, if you have employees, it gets a little trickier because um, if you say, I'm going to give myself 10% of the profits of the business and what's called a SEP IRA, if you have an employee, you have to give some to the employee as well. So now all of a sudden for you to save money, it's costing you contributions on their end. So you quickly start doing the math and say, well, if I have to give them some money, whatever I'm giving, I, I don't, even though I'm saving some taxes, my tax benefit is just going into their pocket kind of thing. So um, it gets a little trickier if you have employees. Um, if you're trying to set your employees up for success as well, then that might be just a, hey, look, I know I'm giving them some money, but I'd rather give it to them than the IRS. So, you know, you kind of, when it comes to the employee side, you have to ask, you know, am I trying to actually help them get started or I trying to figure out how I, you know, yes, I know I have to give them some, but how do I get the most for myself? So 
um, depending on what your motivation is, it may determine the type of plan you choose. But, um, you know, there's always, you know, if you want to make it part of the culture of, hey, I want to be a good boss, I want to make sure my employees are set up for the future. A lot of it can just be about education and culture as well. So, you know, having a good system, you know, if you have work with a payroll company, a lot of times they'll have some educational tools that, you know, we'll talk a little bit about financial planning and, and savings and things like Roth IRAs. It may not be done through the job, but, you know, just, just awareness um, and just kind of make it maybe once a year, you can do a, an employee education day where you kind of just get everyone together to talk about the, the challenges and things that, that it may be important for them to be thinking about. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's definitely stuff they gotta gotta get worked on. Yeah, it's always if the other question I always ask is if you're a, if you're a sole proprietor and you think you might have employees three years from now or two years from now, it might. If you know you're always going to be a sole proprietor, then you can set up your plan and just fund it. But if you be are a sole proprietor and then a year from now you hire somebody, now all of a sudden you might have to shift your plan type. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of think, try to think a couple of years down the head, uh, head when you're setting up the plan as well. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, definitely something that uh, I think most of us need, uh, need to work with someone like you for. <laughs> yeah, it's a, um, you know, as long as you can work, you, you, the business kind of pays yourself, but it's, it's thinking that out to the future when you maybe you don't want to go to the job anymore. Yeah. Make sure you have a few bucks to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, any, what else? Any other questions or? No, oh, man, that's really the main thing that um, financial wise that I hear us uh, hear most guys chatting about. You know, uh, the future. I think uh, a lot of us are uh, very competent, very good on the day to day, and uh, making business run. But I think uh, the future is something that uh, is a little elusive. Exactly. Yeah, and that's you know, you, you like to you know, the, you, you know, you know, all the systems and you want to make sure everyone gets paid. And, the, you know, it's, you kind of, it's the idea of working on the business versus working in the business. So we all get busy working in the business day to day. Sometimes it's good to just kind of take your heads above, of, above the noise and try to look, look out five or 10 years. So that's great. Um, well, Dave, I'm glad you were able to join us today and uh, appreciate all the insights on uh, kind of that, you know, looking at the home as an asset and ways to use the inspection process to, to increase people's value in their homes. Um, any last comments or qu- closing or uh, qu- closing comments before we wrap up? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, if any of your listeners uh, would like to reach out, learn more, uh, if there's any realtors out there that like to set up a time for education, I'd love to get together, uh, answer any questions they have. Nice. And what's your, uh, you said pillar to post in Beverly, but what's the website or what's the best way for people to reach you? Sure. They can go to uh, pillar to post.com. Uh, my phone number is 978-338-3211. Great. All right. Well, thanks again, Andes. Thank you good- very much. You too. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time. On Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.